welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the morning service of Sunday the 14th of November 2010, entitled, In Remembrance of Christ, His Body. And the Bible reading is taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 to 34. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. I invite you to stand with me for the honoring of the reading of God's Word, beginning in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 23. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. Wherefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, tarry one for another, if any man hunger, let him eat at home, that you come not together into condemnation. The rest I will set in order when I come. Father, we thank you again this morning for the privilege of having your word, to read from your word. Lord, for the spirit that lives and dwells within us that can take and make these words alive. Father, we are helpless this morning. There is absolutely nothing that we can do that, Lord, can reach the hearts of men and women and boys and girls, but Lord, we commit this time into your hands and pray that you, Lord, would take and use this time for your glory, that you would anoint, that you would speak to hearts, that you would take the words that you have preserved for us, that you would make them alive to each heart here today. You know the needs. You know the ones that need salvation. You know the backslider that needs restoring. You know the Christian and exactly what they need, whether it's challenging or encouraging or whatever it might be, just simply strengthening. And so, Father, we commit all of these things into your hand. Pray that you would be honored, you would be glorified in all that's said and done. In Christ's name we pray, amen and amen. Of course, as we look in God's Word here, this is a very familiar passage of Scripture to Christians because it's a passage of Scripture that is so often turned to when, as we are doing today, we come around the Lord's table. Our thought, if you'd like to give it a title today, is simply in remembrance of Christ. In remembrance of Christ. Now, breaking this down into two parts, and God willing, today we'll be looking at in remembrance of Christ, His body, and then God willing, next month at communion, we'll be looking at in remembrance of Christ, His blood. As we look at this familiar passage of Scripture, because you see, 
The problem is, too often, things can become too familiar. They can lose their power. They can lose their specialness. They can lose so much simply because we have gotten so accustomed, so familiar with them. I want to remind you of a few things today. I doubtless will not give you anything that you haven't heard before. There's not going to be any deep things that have been dug out that have been hidden away. It is a table of remembrance that we come around today. And there are certain things that we should always remember today. Remembrance Sunday. We remember those men and women, many of them even the very outset of their lives, very young men and women that have given their lives that we can have the freedoms that we have here today. We also thank God that there are those that many times we can again, we can just get so familiar with the fact that we've got it. <laughs> we've got this freedom. We've always had it. And we think we always will. But history proves different. We should not take it for granted. We shouldn't take the freedom to even be able to gather together in God's house and worship as we do today for granted. And we shouldn't take the men and women for granted that are out there serving on those front lines today that you and I can gather here. As we come in remembrance of Christ today around this table, I'd like to ask you a couple of questions. They're not hard. They're spelled out right before us. Who was it that instituted what we refer to as the Lord's table, the Lord's supper, the table of remembrance, the communion table, we can find different tags, but we're told specifically here in verse 23 who it was that gave us this table. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. You see, we need to remember what we're doing here today is not something that we as a church thought up, that some denomination thought up. It's not some religious thing that's been put into place by any organization. It is something that Jesus Christ himself, on the very night that he was going to be betrayed to his enemies and taken to be crucified upon that cross, it was him personally that gave us this table that we come around to celebrate today. He gave it to us when the very night that he was to be carried away, that he was to be taken before his enemies, that he would be convicted to hang upon that cross. Well, we know who gave it and we know when. Well, why did Jesus Christ give us this table? Why on that night that he was to be betrayed, betrayed and carried away, 
Why did he do this? We find that we would have to ask ourselves, well, what did he want us to do? Why do we come around the Lord's table today? Because there are many places that come around this table for different reasons. Some believe it to be a means of grace. Some believe that they need to take of this, that it will turn literally into the the body and blood of Christ and that that is necessary for their own redemption. Why do we do it today? Well, first of all, very simply, because to do otherwise would be to be disobedient to our Lord Jesus Christ. We do it in obedience to His command. Notice what the Scripture says. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. What are the next two words in your Bible? This do in remembrance of me. In the next verse, in verse 25, After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. Jesus is the one that told us to do this. Who is being commanded to do it? We are. The church. You don't find it anywhere else. Ye here, the plural. All of those who are part of this church in Corinth were being commanded to do this. And of course, it wasn't with just the whole world out there that Jesus instituted this table in the first place. It was his chosen apostles that he himself said would be the foundation of the church on this earth. So as a a church, as a local body of Christ, we do this in obedience to his command. Just as a new believer in Christ takes that first step of obedience by identifying with Christ and identifying with His body through the waters of baptism. You notice that even when a person certainly is baptized here in many other places, that part of the words that are spoken is in obedience to His command because He has commanded it. The believer is commanded to be baptized. And therefore, it is sheer disobedience not to do so. You are disobeying God. The very first sin that took place in the Garden of Eden that brought all the sin and all the the chaos that we find in this world today was brought by that same sin of disobedience, just not listening to God. He commanded the believer to do it, and he commanded the church to do it. The very commission that he gave us to go out into this world was to win them to Christ to baptize them, and to teach them all things whatsoever he had commanded us. We find that here, all of us as a body are commanded to do this. We find that as we do it, Jesus said, this do. What does it mean? If I ask you, what is the purpose of the Lord's table? 
What is the purpose of the very table that is set before us here in our church this morning? That's where we want to direct our attention for just a few moments. We find that in verses 24 and 25, where the command is given to do this, in both places, in both verses, they end with those same four words, do this in remembrance of me. So what do those words mean? We know for an absolute fact, Jesus Christ himself gave us this table on the very night that he was to be betrayed into the hands of those that would put him upon that cross. And Jesus Christ himself, when he gave us this table, he's the one that said, this do in remembrance of me. His words, not ours. It's not a formula that we have come up with in remembrance of me. Remember, he didn't say in memory of me. There is a difference in doing something in remembrance and doing something in memory. We do things in memory of those that are dead and gone on, that are no longer with us. Well, Jesus Christ is certainly not dead. We don't need to do anything here today or ever in his memory. If we're doing this in remembrance of something, we can certainly conclude if we just simply look at the Scriptures that it's, it's not for any redemptive or sacrificial, sacrificial purposes or anything like that. Why? Well, even in what we see here before us in this Scripture, our attention is not being drawn to what we are taking and what it is doing. This bread and this cup is not where our attention is taken because of something that it's doing. That which we're taking from the table is to draw our attention to something else entirely. It is to simply make us focus somewhere else, not upon the bread and the cup that we're taking we do that. We eat that bread. We drink that cup. We do that in remembrance of Him. You see, we must be very, very, very careful that our attention is not drawn to the table itself, but rather that we let the table draw our attention to Him. Jesus knew we would need that reminder. You don't need this bread and this cup to be a better Christian. You don't need it for your redemption. You don't need to offer any sacrifices today. He give it to us that it might bring our attention back to the Lord Jesus Christ. You can do that without the table, but the table is given to us for that purpose, to put us in remembrance of Him. You see, we're not doing this today for something to be accomplished, but rather we're doing it in remembrance of what's already been done. And even more specifically, 
the someone who did something for us as we see, as we look through the Scriptures. Jesus said, This do in remembrance of me. What does it mean? Well, if you break the word down itself, anamnesis, which is the Greek word there, ana, simply meaning again. Even our forefathers that went before us, the Anabaptists were called Anabaptists because they baptized again. Anna, again. Memnisco, to remind oneself of something, to remember, to be mindful of. We know that the me here is Christ. This do in remembrance of me. Jesus was doing the speaking. So we're being specifically told. He's saying, again, remind yourself of me again. Again, remember, again, be mindful of Christ himself. It's an affectionate call. An affectionate calling to mind of the person of Jesus Christ. Again, every time we do it, every time that we take of the Lord's table, we do this in remembrance of Him. You know, most of us have pictures and portraits. Most of you have some kind of pictures of somebody hanging around your house. Anybody, don't raise your hand if you do. Anybody have any shrines built in your house? <laughs> What's the difference? They're both a picture, a portrait of something hanging on the wall. But they're very, very, very different indeed. Jesus wasn't giving us a shrine, folks. When you look at that Photograph that picture that is hanging upon your wall of someone else. It reminds you of that person. By the same token, you put that picture of them or Jesus or anybody else before your little table and start burning your candles and worshiping that picture. You're putting the focus upon the object itself rather than letting the object put your mind on something else or someone else. I say again that even this day, we are celebrating that day that we call Remembrance Sunday. Many of us this past Thursday, on Armistice Day, on Remembrance Day, back in my home country, what's normally called Veterans Day, we celebrate in different ways. It might be the, the moment of silence. There were parades, and there'll be more parades today. Now, granted, there's a slight difference in the celebration, because even though it's called Remembrance Day, it is also, of course, being done in memory of the fallen veterans, as well as remembrance of those that are still living and remembrance of those that are still serving today. But as we do 
these things even in memory of the fallen. We're doing it to be reminded of what those men and women did. We hold them up and we honor them. Many of you have got the poppies. Many of us have worn the poppies for some time. Why do you wear the poppy? Not because the poppy itself is anything, but that that poppy, when you see it, it makes you think of something else. It is put there that it might draw your mind back to those who have made the ultimate sacrifice for you, for your family, for your children. In our text today, we see our Lord Jesus Christ himself. On the very night that he knows that he is about to be betrayed by one of his own into the hands of his enemies, he already knows that he's going to be upon that cross. He knows it before they know it. He knew it before he came to this world. He was there. That he gave us this table and he commanded us. You see, I can't be responsible, nor are you responsible, for what the other churches are doing and how they're doing it. And you don't find this anywhere in the Bible, I would challenge you, outside of the church. We can't be responsible for what they're doing, but we are responsible for what we do here today. Jesus gave it to us, and he commanded that we do it in remembrance of him, to remember him right now, to remember Jesus Christ who is right here in our presence today. Over 2,000 years since he established this table and gave it to us for this purpose. Why? That here today, in our hearts and our minds, we can affectionately call to our minds him. Him as a person and what he's done for us. You see, whether it's the bread or the cup, the body or the blood, it's the same. This do in remembrance of me. Well, as we are put in remembrance of him, of his body, and of his blood at this table, as we take that bread and that cup, what is it exactly that we are to remember? What is it that his blood and his body, that's what it's symbolizing? What should that bring to our minds? What should that cause us to remember today? And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Jesus gave thanks. He did the breaking himself. But after breaking the bread, 
He gave us really three actions here that we're to do. First of all, to take it. Second of all, to eat it. And as we take it and eat it, he says, this do. Do what? The taking and the eating of the bread. We're to take the bread. We're to eat the bread. But as we take and eat that bread, which is symbolic of his body, broken for you, we are to do it in one way only, and that is in remembrance of him. There is no other reason to take it. There's nothing else that it will accomplish for you, but it's vital that it do what it's supposed to do. Take this bread, eat this bread in remembrance of me, he said. If the bread that we're taking and then that we're eating, if it's symbolic of his body, a picture to remind us something that is being done to put us in remembrance of him. I ask you again, what is it exactly that it should be bringing to our remembrance? What is it bringing to your mind today? As we do this today, as you did it last month, as you've done it however many times you have since you've been a Christian, what is it? that is being brought to mind because taking of this and eating of it, if you're not doing it in remembrance of him, if it's not doing what he gave it to us to do, then you're better off not to take it. What is it to bring to our remembrance? What is it about the body of the Lord Jesus Christ that we should be remembering? we prepare ourselves today to receive at the Lord's table of the bread and of the cup. I'm not going to give you any stories. I'm not going to give you even any more illustrations as far as I know today. Matter of fact, I'm going to make very few comments from here on out of any kind. This is not something new. Matter of fact, it's something that any preacher that has preached for any length of time will have covered this material. Any Christian that's heard preaching for any length of time will have heard it. I've used some alliteration to try to help you to remember these things a little easier, maybe. But folks... What I want to endeavor to do this morning, simply to read some verses to you that will hopefully remind you of just what the body of the Lord Jesus Christ should mean to you, of what should be coming to your mind, of what you should be remembering. He said to take and eat this bread. But he said to take it and eat it in remembrance of him. He's the one that said, this bread is my body, which was broken for you. He wants you to remember something about his body. First of all, in remembrance of Christ, his body, his body 
that became flesh. Gospel of John chapter 1, the very first verse in this book says, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. In verse 14 it says, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. First Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. The Bible says, And without controversy, Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the Spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. In remembrance of Christ, His body, that was God himself becoming flesh for you and I. In remembrance of Christ, his body, that is the bread of life. The Gospel of John, chapter 6, beginning with verse 26. Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, ye seek me not because ye saw the miracles, but because ye did eat of the loaves and were filled. Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life which the Son of Man shall give unto you. For him hath God the Father sealed. Then said they unto him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that ye believe on him whom he hath sent. They said therefore unto him, what signs showest thou then that we may see and believe thee? What dost thou work? Our fathers did eat manna in the desert, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore, give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. But I said unto you that ye also have seen me and believe not. 
All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. This is the Father's will which hath sent me, that of all which he hath given me I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that every one which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. The Jews then murmured at him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he saith, I came down from heaven. Jesus therefore answered and said unto them, Murmur not among yourselves. No man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall be all taught of God. Every man therefore that hath heard and hath learned of the Father cometh unto me. Not that any man hath seen the Father save he which is of God, he hath seen the Father. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. The Jews therefore strove among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. As the living Father hath sent me, I live by the Father. So he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. This is the bread which came down from heaven not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall live forever. You see, it wasn't just when he instituted the Lord's table. It wasn't only then that he referred to his flesh as the bread. You see, what we do today, we do in remembrance of Christ, his body, his body that became flesh when he was God himself. His body that is the bread of life that will give you life everlasting. In remembrance of Christ, his body that beat sins and temptations, every one of them. Jesus Christ came in his flesh and his body 
And he faced all the temptations that you one day would have to face, and he beat every one of them. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 15 and 16. The Word of God says, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You can come boldly before that throne because God himself came in the flesh. When he came in the flesh, the bread of life, to offer life eternal, he came and faced every temptation that you would have to in his body. He faced them all. Can you realize you've never had to face a temptation in your life? You've never had to face anything that he hasn't already faced for you. That's why you can go to him because he knows where you are. And he's there for you today. Today we do this in remembrance of Christ, of his body that bore our sins. In Isaiah chapter 53 in verse 12, therefore will I divide him a portion with the great. He shall divide the spoil with the strong because he hath poured out his soul unto death and he was numbered with the transgressors. He bare the sin of many and made intercession. For transgressors. Peter, in 1 Peter chapter 2, and in verse 21, he says, For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps, who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth, who when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously, who his own self bear our sins in his own body, on the tree. Why? That we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. For ye were as a sheep going astray, but are now turned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls. We do what we do today in remembrance of Christ. His body that became sin for us. He not only bore our sins. Second Corinthians chapter five 
And in verse 21, the Word of God says, speaking of God, for he, God, hath made him, Jesus Christ, to be sin for us. Us, he did. But him, he was the one, the Bible says, who knew no sin. But he became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. I don't think our minds can even begin to comprehend. You see, one of the first steps of true salvation is beginning to recognize sin for what it is and feel about sin the way God feels about it. You find that to try to understand a holy and righteous God coming and taking on a body of flesh that he might not only bear your sins, but he might become sin so that you can be imputed with his righteousness. We do what we do today in remembrance of Christ, his body that became flesh, that is the bread of life, that beat sin's temptations, that bore our sins, that became sin for us, and that if we've just seen in the verse that we just read as well, is in Romans chapter 8 and verse 3, in remembrance of Christ, his body that bestows righteousness in us, that, that he did in his body made it possible for you to be righteous. In Romans chapter 8, and in verse 3, the Bible says, For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. Walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. Impossible. The only way that God's law could ever be fulfilled by you, the only way that you could ever know righteousness is because Jesus Christ came and He lived that life. He fulfilled that righteousness. He fulfilled God's law on your behalf. When we think and remember Him today, in remembrance of Christ, his body that brings you today justified before a holy God. Look back at 1 Peter once again, chapter 3, and verse 18. The Word of God says, For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. 
He lives today. We find that he came and suffered for our sins, the Bible says, that we might be justified, that we, he says here, he might bring us to God. Notice what Romans chapter 4 and verse 25 says, speaking of Jesus Christ, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. I'm saying that when you come to the table of remembrance, when you come to the table that Jesus Christ himself gave to us, I'm sure we can find other things. These are just a few scriptures that I've pulled out to show you the importance it's not some religious ceremony that we're going through that the bread or the cup itself means anything. And what we do today is worthless unless we take it and we eat it and we drink it in remembrance of Christ. May it affectionately bring to our minds and our beings Him and what He's done. He specifically chose the bread to represent His body. Why? because it's in remembrance of Christ, of his body, the body that became flesh, the body that is the bread of life, the body that beat sin's temptations, that bore our sins, that became sin for us, that bestows righteousness in us, and that brings us justified before a holy God in remembrance of Christ, his body. He said himself here that was broken for us. Rather than seeing that small piece of unleavened bread, are you seeing Christ? Are you seeing what he wants you to see? Are we seeing what he commanded us to see is that bread and that cup accomplishing the purpose that he meant it for is your table drawn not is your attention drawn not to the table itself but does the table draw your attention to him whom it symbolizes. Folks, it's vital. When should we celebrate the Lord's table? Well, he tells us in verse 26, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. He doesn't give us a date, a time, a frequency. Those are things that each local church will have to decide for itself. But we are told that however often we do it, that we show the Lord's death till he come. Literally, the word shoe there, show, is declaring his death. We're declaring his death 
and all that that means. And we're to keep doing it again and again until he comes. And may I say by clear inference here, that just as surely as we're declaring his death, we're declaring his resurrection because, folks, if he were still in the grave, we couldn't be looking for him to come again. We're doing this to declare his death until he comes because he's alive today and he's returning for us again soon and very soon, as the songwriter said. Till he comes. You see... When should we do it? Well, we should do it again and again until he comes, but we should also do it when we're properly prepared to do so. Does it matter how we come to this table? Does it matter what's on our mind and what we're doing as long as we're going through our religious ceremony? Can we come just any old way and any old time? Well, I declare unto you that's a very dangerous thing to do. He tells us clearly, but let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are, sick, are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. Now we all know so very, very well that within ourselves there is no worthiness. There is no worthiness. But as we come to receive of this bread and take of this cup today, your worthiness is in Jesus Christ and Him alone. You see, you need to be prepared. He said, examine yourself when you come to take of this bread and of this table. Examine yourself. Is there something there? Is there a problem? Is there some reason that your relationship with Him is not as it ought to be? As we come to celebrate this table today, we come not in ourselves and our righteousness, but in His. We're about to take of this bread and drink of this cup in remembrance of Christ. Do not focus upon the bread and the cup, but I encourage you first of all and foremost, you see, God wants communion with you even worse than you want it with Him. He wants to be so close he wants to be so near to you. And if there's a hindrance today, that hindrance is on your side, not his. And you see, we call it the communion table because that's what it's about is your communion with him. He wants you to remember him, to remember that body that was broken, that blood that was shed. He says, examine yourself, because if there's something there, if there's sin in your life, if there's something that is hindering your relationship, he's asking you today to deal with it yourself. 
to get it under the blood. Because this bread and this cup will do nothing for you if there's sin there that's separating you from him. So today, we're going to take just a moment of silence at this time. But not this time in remembrance of those fallen for our freedoms. But this time in remembrance of him that was willing to fall for all of your sins not just to give you life and freedom now, but to give you life and freedom for all of eternity. And we want to remember him. And my encouragement to you at this moment, just examine yourself. God wants it. He shed the blood to take care of whatever it is. He's there for you right now. But don't take it lightly. Take it seriously. Accept what he's offering to you today. Father, we thank you, Lord, for just a reminder of these verses. Now, Lord, we're going to take just a moment of silence and ask each one to ponder over not the words that I've spoken today, but the words we've read from your word about our Lord. For it's him that we remember today, him personally and all that he accomplished for us. Lord, he gave us this bread remember his body that was broken for us. We've seen in Scripture just some of those things that you teach us that that body did for us. May we remember him and his fullness and all that he's done for us. In these next moments, as we remember and as we examine, in Christ's name. Mm -hmm. 